Florida Hockey Podcast. Uh, just me, Justin, this week because it is about 4 a.m. Uh, Thursday morning, and believe it or not, Noah was supposed to be here, but he fell asleep. So uh, looks like it's just going to be me for this one. So sorry about that. Also sorry we missed our Monday episode. I guess we just forgot to record. So yeah, I don't know. Things have been busy lately. Uh, so, our bad, we'll try to be, uh, on it a bit more, but, good news is we got, you know, some stuff to talk about, some Panthers games, some Panthers wins, keeping the, the home win streak alive, 11 straight wins, we'll get into that, uh, in a bit, um, first of all though, I guess because this is coming out Thursday, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners, uh, we're Canadian, so we celebrated a month ago. Um, but yeah, happy to Thanksgiving to anyone listening. Uh, my Thanksgiving hot take is that turkey is terrible and stuffing is low-key good. That's my hot, hot Thanksgiving take. Turkey, it's dry, it's garbage, throw it away, give me the stuffing, give me the gravy, mashed potatoes, whatever it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not having it with the turkey. Uh, but anyways, we'll get into some, some kind of stuff going on around uh the league uh and first off i thought we would talk uh the last kind of week or so uh there've been some jerseys being released uh the new jersey devils dropping their third jersey uh which i guess got leaked uh and then some of the olympic jerseys coming out uh canada the us uh, i think finland uh also released theirs um and the general kind of consensus from everyone and if you haven't seen them uh go check them out but the general consensus uh, is that they all kind of suck, is basically, is it. Um, well, we'll start with New Jerseys, because uh, it got leaked, uh, I guess, early in the week. Uh, and immediately everyone was like, this is the worst jersey I've ever seen. Um, and, like, they weren't wrong, because uh, it was brutal. Just black with jersey across the front. Uh, and I get what they're trying to do, and, you know, jersey, nickname of the state. Uh and I will say that, you know, when they released the pictures on, on some of the players, it did did look better. Uh, but not great. I think, you know, uh, a lot of people were very critical of it. But then it came out that it was designed by Marty Brodeur. And then some people were like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. You know, the black, it's clean. Uh, you know, the letter across the front, it's unique. It's different. Uh, and I'll say this, like the jersey itself, I think, is fine. Like, I think the black uh, with, you know, kind of the white blocking on it, I think it looks really clean. Um, but I think the main issue for, for myself and most people is just jersey scribbled across the front. 
And we've seen it a few times where teams have taken this kind of handwriting font and thrown, slapped it on a jersey, right? And it has worked one time. Like, Anaheim tried it, terrible. Winnipeg tried it, terrible. Jersey's tried it, not great. Uh, the one time I think it's actually looked decent is, I don't know how long ago, kind of recent, but not really, uh, the Minnesota Wild, they used to have those green cream jerseys with Minnesota across the front. Uh, I thought those ones were nice. And that was kind of in the era of, like, when it comes to third jerseys, there, there kind of seems to be a trend among the league. You know, at certain times, a lot of teams trying similar things. And that kind of scribbled font era, uh, we should all collectively, I think, forget about that. Um, but those, the Minnesota jerseys is like that cream kind of jersey era. Like a lot of teams uh, did stuff along those lines. Like I think Pittsburgh did, uh, Columbus did, and they still have those jerseys. I think they wore them tonight. Or, or last night, I guess. Uh, and Minnesota had theirs. Uh, Ford was guilty of it, too. They all kind of just look like a craft brewery to me. Like a craft beer. Realistically, that's kind of what... Uh, the kind of vibe I get from them. Uh, so glad we don't see as much of that anymore. Um, but after, you know, seeing the, the New Jersey Devils third jersey a bit more, I think at a 10, I'd give it a 4. And I think that's very fair and very generous because I think a lot of people were a lot meaner about this jersey. And it gets bumped up to the four because of Marty Brodeur and the guy's a legend. But he should probably stick to goaltending and enterprise commercials and maybe less design. Uh, but then there's the, uh, the Olympic jerseys which came out. Oh, and by the way, I'm expecting we'll see some more third jerseys released in the next little while. Like, that that seems like, uh, I'm sure other teams have stuff in the works too, it just hasn't been leaked yet. Like, I imagine the Devils weren't actually planning on releasing the jersey when they did. It just kind of came out and they're like, ah, fuck it, I guess we gotta release them. Um, so I imagine we'll see maybe a few more in the, you know, next couple weeks or so, I don't know. Um, be kind of cool to see. I always love when I, I I love I love their jerseys for teams I really do I think they're they're great um, if you know especially if they're well done kind of a different look uh, I would love for the Panthers to to throw a third jersey out there like I think everyone loved the reverse retros uh, that they had last year like I, I bought one I think Noah has one um, yeah lo love the jerseys there so I'd love to see the Panthers uh, do something cool with the third jersey maybe kind of like the reverse retro but red is the main color. Uh, like they used to have, I think would be sick. I'd buy one for sure. Uh, but yeah, I imagine we'll see some more third jerseys maybe here in the next couple weeks. Uh, but the Olympic ones, and we'll start with Canada because I think that one came out first. Uh, and as I'm sure everyone listening knows, Noah and I, Canadian, obviously. So, uh, you know, we we're excited about those ones. And overall, kind of a similar thing as the jersey one, uh, the Devil's jersey, where... Yeah, like, the color seems fine, although I'm not a huge fan of how much black there is on the jerseys. Uh, but that that's fine, right? And the blocking, again, is, is fine. The maple leaf, though. What is that? Um, yeah, just... Why? I, I, I think that maybe they're trying to go for a modern look. I mean, they had the... Uh, I think all the countries, they had, like, the, the spiky arm ones for uh, 
the the last Olympics, uh, which I think again we should all collectively forget about those jerseys, right? And I think that's what everyone was kind of looking forward to, like new Olympics, new jerseys, uh, a lot of options. There have been some really iconic uh, jerseys in the past for both Canada and the U.S. Uh, that they've wore uh, at, at major tournaments. So I think you know people were excited to see you know. Especially, too, because this Olympics is going to be, you know, the NHL players there. Uh, so maybe you want to go get a jersey with, you know, your favorite player on or whatever. But the Canon ones, the Maple Leaf. I mean, how hard can it be? Um, just just pick one, but not that one. Like, so many options. Don't know why that's what they landed on. I guess kind of modern, kind of, I don't know, kind of looks similar to what they had in uh, the Pyeongchang Olympics, but, uh, yeah, not a fan, uh, so, but, you know, what are you gonna do, so I wasn't gonna buy one anyways, um, but I don't know, I wish they could have come up with something different, even if, like, the ones they wear at the World Junior sometimes, they're at Canada across the front just diagonally, that's fine too, I would have liked that, um, but, yeah, definitely a choice with the logo, um, and then the U.S. ones, um, I'm not sure about, just because, I you know, I know a lot of people did not like them, but, like, a lot. Um, and, and I get why. I mean, again, the U.S. has some great jerseys uh, they've, that they've worn at really, you know, iconic events and some, some really iconic Olympic moments. And I, I, I don't know about these ones. I'm curious to know what, what everyone listening thinks, uh, if they're fans or not. Like, I think they'll look, because I, I don't think we've seen them on, on any players yet or anything. I imagine they probably look better instead of just the, the kind of stock image of them. I imagine they would look better on players. But, like, the, the, I think the, the white's fine, to be honest. Like, that looks fine. The, the, the dark blue's fine. I don't know why light blue, why that was thrown in there. I don't know. I would have done, I don't know, something different. Uh... But I, yeah, I think this is one that'll look not great, but better on the ice. Um, but yeah, I- interesting choices there for sure. We'll see uh, again how they how they look at the Olympics. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like a bit. It's kind of it's kind of safe. Like there's not too nothing too out there uh, in terms of what they got on there. But it just I don't know. It's it something doesn't look right. But I'm um, again. I'm also not very artistically inclined whatsoever, so I have, like, no business critiquing anyone's anything, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't like them. Uh, but then the last one I want to talk about was the Finland ones, and they got less attention because people, you know, whatever. But the Finland ones look incredible. They crushed it. Fantastic jerseys uh, with the big, I guess, lion on the front. Looks really, really cool. Um and I think, yeah, they're going to look fantastic uh, at the Olympics, at least. Who knows how they'll play on the ice, but uh, for sure they're going to look good. Uh, we know that for sure. Uh, other kind of stuff in the news this week. Uh, there has been, I think, uh, kind of in the hockey sphere, there's been a lot of talk surrounding the Vancouver Canucks lately just because of how brutal they, they've been. And, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, trying to point blame, you know, it's the coach's fault, it's, you know, it's Travis Green's fault, it's Jim Benning's fault uh, in the GM's office. 
I actually think that this one, or people saying, you know, it's ownership's fault. I think, collective, I think if you really think about it, it's Thatcher Demko's fault. And I'm going to tell you why. Thatcher Demko, unbelievable goalie, might make, you know, might be on the U.S. Olympic team uh, coming up here in the winter. Uh, but Thatcher Demko, like, in the bubble, was unbelievable for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, every game, he was, like, teams couldn't solve him. He was that good. Uh, he carried that team. And I think what happened was Thatcher Demko was so good that ownership and management and the coach started to believe that that, that was a legitimately good Vancouver Canucks team. And I'm sorry, but it wasn't. It wasn't even close. It was Th- Thatcher Demko throwing the other, you know, 20 or whatever skaters on his back and carrying them to a nice deep playoff run. That's what Thatcher Demko did. Uh, and he tricked him. He, I think he tricked the entire Canucks organization into thinking that that was a legitimately good team that was maybe one or two pieces away from being a contender. Uh, and the reality is, is that no, they're not close. And we've seen that this season where, you know, I think Vancouver's probably been the most disappointing team in the league this season in terms of expectations, in terms of what they've done in the offseason. They made a lot of moves. They, they cleared out a lot of cap. They brought in, you know, OEL. They brought in Connor Garland. You know, they had, you know, they have some really good young players in Quinn Hughes, Besser, Patterson, Hoglander, uh, put Coles in now. Like, it's a really, really deep team. Like, they have some nice pieces. Uh, and, but they're just, what, I, I, I don't know what it is at this point. Like, I mean, it's a lot of things, but th- they have been, brutal on the ice and the reason i'm talking about this because i know this is a florida panthers podcast that that you know people listening are florida panthers fans and probably wondering like why would i you know care at all about vancouver canucks and the reason i brought them up is because you know there's been a lot of talk about potential you know changes to the management a lot of tension between different members of the organization uh and then today there was kind of you know you don't know how true these things are but rumors floating around that a potential candidate to take over uh, for Jim Benning, should he be relieved of his duties, would be none other than Dale Talon, former general manager of the Florida Panthers. And I don't think I have to explain to anyone listening to this how bad an idea that would be for the Vancouver Canucks organization to bring in Dale Talon to, to run your hockey team in 2021. It just, it just, you just, you shouldn't do it. Um, and I, and I hope they don't do it because, yeah, I mean, I have nothing for or against the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, you know, the Panthers and Canucks, they have, you know, a decent trade history in the past. Uh, you know, obviously the Wolongo trades, Markstrom, uh, that kind of stuff. But if you're trying to, you know, if you, if you've had a bad season, the expectations were high, the fan base was excited, you were able to get your, you know, exciting, a young center signed before the start of the season. Uh, yeah, people are excited, uh, but then things don't go well. Uh, I don't think Dale, Dale Talon's the, the right guy to, to turn things around. Um, kind of an old school hockey mind. And I think the Canucks have just been in this weird place for the last five years in terms of what they are on the ice. Like they've been 
kind of average and they make some moves here or there. Like they, they've done a lot and, and it doesn't seem to work. They've signed a lot of free agents to expensive contracts, which I think is something Dale Talon loves doing. And I think that would not go well for the Vancouver Canucks. So I would strongly recommend anyone making decisions there to, to reevaluate if they're seriously considering Dale Talon. I mean, I could sit here and list every horrendous move he, he made for the Florida Panthers organization, but this would be a two-hour episode. I don't think anyone wants to listen to that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if if Dale Talon ends up with the Vancouver Canucks, I'm praying for you Canucks fans because it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think, if that was the case. Um, and that could just be a rumor. It might not, might not be true, and they could very well go in a different direction. Uh, maybe go with, you know, someone more forward-thinking, kind of, you know, someone not behind the curve, someone who understands where the game is going uh, and the types of moves that needed to be made and can really evaluate, uh, you know, the players on the team, but players around other teams. Um, really good. I think player evaluation is probably the biggest area where the Canucks could probably do better. Um but that's enough about them. We'll get in. We'll talk about some Florida Panthers stuff here. But before we do, I've got a quick ad read from our friends over at DraftKings. So sit tight. It's going to be about a minute long. Okay, here we go. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1, that's right, $1, on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal, doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, how they light the lamp, however they light the lamp, you win. And the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets, or 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Florida Panthers. Starting the season. 11 games at home. 11 wins. Undefeated. Only two teams in NHL history have ever accomplished this. And your 2021-2022 Florida Panthers are one of them. So let's get into it. Okay, first of all, I full disclosure, I actually don't know where we left off in terms of which games we talked about on the last episode. I'm thinking we were previewing New Jersey and Minnesota. So we'll briefly go over those. First of all, New Jersey. Last time they're playing the Panthers, the Panthers absolutely got the brakes beaten off of them. This time, different story. Panthers are buzzing. No Barkov, no problem. They show up, they're ready to play. A uh, really solid team win. Next up, Minnesota Wild. I think the scoreline might be a bit deceiving here because they gave up, you know, a couple late ones here. Uh, 
But either way, good solid win. Uh, Minnesota, good hockey team this year. Good, good hockey team. Um, yeah, some really good players. Kirill Kaprizov, you know, a slow start, picking it up a little bit. Uh, I mentioned, I think on the last episode, uh, Deheim, uh you know, the young forward they got in there this year, the rookie. Uh, he's looked really good all season long, Florida kid. Um, so, you know, I know he's not on the team, but you got to root for him. Um, always nice to see. I love seeing Florida players in the NHL. I just think it's great. Um, and that's, I think, the whole point of having a team, you know, these Sun Belt teams, is so that you can grow the game and have players grow up, you know, watching hockey, falling in love with the game, playing it, and, you know, getting to play it at the highest level. That's what, you know, that's the whole, that's what we're doing here. Um, so, big fan of him. Big uh, big, big fan of Duhame. Uh but good, good win there over a good team. Um, and then just last night, which uh, Florida Panthers taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Philadelphia, weird team, weird team this year because they have not been good. Like they're now they're eight six and four on the season after uh, you know grabbing one point last night against the Panthers. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, they're baffling to me. Uh, like, I'll be honest, because Philadelphia, last few years, have been pretty good. They can score goals. Good good defensively. You know, they have, you know, Ivan Provorov, who's one of the, you know, good, you know, really good young defensemen in the league. I'm not going to go so far as to say, you know, he's elite, although a lot of Flyers fans would make that claim. Um, and always yeah, nice to see, you know, our, you know, our good friend, uh, Keith Yandel, uh, Panthers legend. Um but historically, the, the the Philadelphia Flyers have been able to do a lot of things. And their Achilles heel has always been their goaltending. Like, they couldn't buy a save. Like, ever. Like, you're going back. Steve Mason can't make a save. Briscalov can't make a save. Bobrovsky, when he was there, he was okay. Right? Like, they struggle with their goaltending. Brian Elliott. Like, Carter Hart last year. Whatever it is. I don't know what it is about Philadelphia or the way they play. But their goalies just... Never seen able to make a save. This season, they are getting carried by their goaltending. Martin Jones, don't know what he did in the offseason, but it worked. He's been phenomenal. He's phenomenal again last night. 45 shots against, 43 saves. Great, you know, great performance from him. Really nice, you know, goalie duel that we saw uh, between him and Bob. And, and then and Carter Hart's been really good for them, too. Um, so it's just kind of, it's weird to see, you know, a Philly team that, that can't score, but, you know, can get the saves when they need to. Um, and again, you know, the, like the, the Panthers, like they had their chances all night and yeah, Philly had chances too. Um, but again, like another, another solid team win. Um, and you can't show it like, this is a team again, like Alexander Barkov's out of the lineup, the number one center. Um, and I will say this, like Sam Bennett. He was you know, kind of banged up to you know early in this year, right? And he came back and he didn't really look like himself. Points weren't there. He's getting some chances, but the points weren't there. Um, and when you know Barkov went down with an injury, Sam Bennett was going to need to be the guy to step up. Like obviously, lots of good, you know, I know you know a lot of players are playing good, but when your number one center goes down, your number two center needs to step up and fill that void. And so far, Sam Bennett's been up to the task. He's been great. He was great again last night. Some really good chances. He gets a goal. He gets an assist on the game winner. Um, can't say enough good things about Sam Bennett and how key he's been for the Panthers. 
while uh, Barkov's, you know, trying to trying to get back and healthy. Uh, really good job from him. And then the other guy, obviously, he scores the OT winner. It's you know, it's Aaron Ekblad, and it's 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 so weird because I think a lot of people, when you talk about good young defensemen in the NHL, a lot of people forget about Aaron Ekblad and forget how good he is. Um, and I think there's a couple things factoring into that. I think number one, I think a lot of people forget this guy's only he's only 25 years old, um, which is which is not old for for an NHL player, and it's not old for for a defenseman. Like there's a lot of defensemen, like you're drafted at 18, you maybe spend two more years in in college or, or overseas or in the minors, uh, and then you make your NHL debut, you know, at 20 or 21, right? Uh, and we've seen a lot even Kale McCarr right now with the Colorado Avalanche. Two years at UMass before before he shows up for them and is already one of the best defensemen in the league. Aaron Ekblad stepped right in to the NHL as an 18 year old, you know, in a really strong rookie season, uh, and then he kind of just settled into this role. I think a lot more attention was kind of uh, or focus was placed on his defensive game, and because I think defense is so hard to to quantify. Like it's hard. It's hard for people to see what good defense looks like, right? And so I think a lot of people forget, you know, how good he is defensively. And then the points were kind of just kind of stagnant. He was always around that 30, 40 point mark. Um, but the last two seasons, <clears throat> um, since Bill Zito got here, since you know the team's been been kind of cooking as a whole, Aaron Ekblad has been one of, if not the best defenseman in the NHL, and. It it just seems like outside of this market, he's not getting the credit for it, um, which which he absolutely should. Like can't stress seventeen points in nineteen games right now, six goals. He's been an absolute horse back there for this defense, not getting the credit for it, you know, league wide. But uh, I don't think it bothers him too much. Um, and I think you know for, for us, you know, Panthers fans, uh, we kind of just get to sit back, watch, you know, and enjoy watching, you know, this this really good. Uh, defenseman, because uh, he's just—I I can't say enough good things about Aaron Ekblad, and he's just—it's fantastic. Also, another thing, last thing I wanted to say here, because it is four thirty in the morning, and I would like to sleep. Um, but the last few games, last couple home games, you know, obviously, no, we're not. We're in Canada, so we can't go to any of the games. Um, you know, we're kind of stuck here. But the atmosphere in the last couple games has been phenomenal. And I think that's, you know, huge for this team. Like, you you know, 11 wins on home ice, 11 straight wins. You want to make home ice, you know, you, you want to make it a tough place for, for opposing teams to come into. Um, and, you know, the team's getting it done on the ice. But part of that, too, is the crowd. In the last few games, the it's it's been a lot of fun to watch on TV as a viewer. Um, seeing the atmosphere, the energy. Like, I was watching, you know, some other games from around the league's you know, the last few nights or whatever. And, you know, sure, maybe there might be more people in the building. Like, there might, there probably is. But it's it's not about how many people are there. It's about the energy, right? And then the players feel, you know, feed off that. It doesn't matter, like, Toronto, if they have 20,000 people there, but they're all sitting down on their phones, um, that's, that's not doing anything for the players, I can tell you that. Um, so being able to see, you know, how lively the fans are, how excited they are about this team, um, Really, really uh, uh, fun to watch as a, as a fan of this hockey team. Um, 
and I'm excited to see how long they can they can kind of you know keep this thing going. Um, you know, there, there was kind of a you know a little stumble there after even the coaching change, um, but now I think they're they're getting back to being you know what we saw at the start of the season, um, and especially again when you consider you know some of the injuries and players banged up, uh, and you know like, yeah Barkov being out um, really really. Uh, yeah, they're they're just playing phenomenal right now. But Brovsky, another unbelievable game. Uh again last night. I don't I don't know what's going on there either. Like goaltending. I will never understand goaltending. I don't think anyone understands goaltending. Because it makes no sense. Like the season happening. Like he's you know, he's in his thirties. He's had some like I'm not questioning it because it's fantastic and I love it. But you know, Last few seasons have not been great from Sergei Bobrovsky. And I think if, you you know, other than Jacob Barker, who came on the show and said Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be a three-time Vesna winner, I don't think anyone expected, you know, based on the last couple of seasons, I don't think anyone expected Sergei Bobrovsky to kind of do what he's been doing uh, to start this season. And right now, like, he's absolutely in, you know, that, that Vesna mix, uh, as of right now, like he's he's getting it done with this team. Like I have full confidence when when Sergei Bobrovsky's in that net that he's gonna get the job done. Like he's right there. Like if you're talking, you know, and, and but my point about goal thing too is like like I'm looking at the the save percentage stats right now. Like James Reimer's right there with them, right? Like what? It makes no sense to me. Like uh, some of the names when you look at you know goalies are really strong years. Freddie Anderson, you know, another really strong year after kind of stumbling uh, the last maybe couple in, in Toronto, but I think that might just be Toronto. Um, and, yeah, Carter Hart's right up there, like Jonathan Quick. Like, is, is it 2013 again? Like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, goaltending makes no sense at all whatsoever. If someone could try and explain to me, like, what makes a goalie good or why they're good some years and terrible other years, I don't know. Um, but Sergei Bobrovsky... Right now, I think if like if I was talking Florida Panthers MVP uh, so far this season, I think it has to be Sergei Bobrovsky because as good as Aaron Ekblad's been, right, and as good as you know some other players have been, and Barkov before he went down, and Duclair's had a phenomenal year. Like a lot of guys are having really really exceptional seasons, but I think based on expectation, I think based on you know. Uh, what they've done in the last few years. I don't think, and, and based on how well they've played, I don't think anyone's been more important to this team so far this season than Sergei Bobrovsky. I thought we were going to be seeing a lot more Spencer Knight this year. I thought Spencer Knight was going to come in and, you know, maybe be the guy for this team by the halfway point. Um, and I, I can't see that happening right now with the way Sergei Bobrovsky's been playing. I mean, he's been excellent. Like, and even even if the numbers aren't excellent, you know, in some games he might have, you know, a nine eighteen or a nine oh eight save percentage. But you watch the games, you see the chances that are being given up and the quality of the saves he's making. Like he's battling every night and getting it done. And when the team needs a big save, most of the time Bobrovsky's making that save. He's keeping them in games. Like again, the Philadelphia game, right? You know, Panthers they're getting a lot of looks. They're getting a lot of chances. Marty Jones is shutting the door on him, right? And you know, that can be demoralizing for a team if you you know if you get five or six grade A scoring chances and the other team goes down and they score a quick one, 
on you on their first shot in five or ten minutes. I know it's kind of what, you know, the Atkinson one was when they go there, and you know, or the Farabee one, my apologies. Uh, when, you know, they get a great chance, it comes back the other way. Um, but that can be demoralizing if you give up a goal after, you know, getting all these great looks and not capitalizing. And Sergei Roski's been able to make those saves to to keep, uh, you know, the, the spirits up of the team, to keep hope alive uh, and allow them time to, to battle back if they're down in a game or just to keep doing what they're doing and generating chances until one finds the back of the net. Um, so for me right now, Sergei Bobrovsky, MVP for the Panthers this season. Um, but yeah, I think that does it for this one. Uh, sorry again that it's just me uh, on this episode. And also I feel like I was rambling a lot, but you know what? It's all right. We're going to be back on Monday, the brand new episode. I guarantee there will be someone else on the episode. Uh, to make it more interesting, make it fun. We'll see what we're going to talk about. A couple things planned in the future. We're planning a couple giveaways for, uh, for the show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I think you, know, you guys are going to like it. Um, but as always, thanks for tuning in, listening. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Do that, Alexander Barkov! The Panthers!